Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Go247 podcast. I'm uh, Glenn West, the senior writer with the site. I'm joined today by Dylan Sanders um, and Sonny Ship, our leading recruiting guy, our recruiting man. Uh, Sonny, what's going on, man? Haven't had you on in a little bit. What's going on? Yeah, man, the season's finally here, and uh, it's good to good to get on. And a uh, busy weekend ahead, busy weekend ahead. It definitely got off to a good start, though, on Thursday. LSU landing that big commitment from uh, Zaylance Hurd. Yep, absolutely. We'll touch on that a little bit to start and just kind of a little outline for you guys. You know, we're going to hit on uh, some LSU, FSU final thoughts. We're going to drop our predictions for the game and uh, then we'll get out of here. But uh, just before we get started, just uh, remember to hit that like button on the YouTube videos. Uh, follow us, you know, wherever you get your podcast info from and wherever you're listening from. So uh, any kind of contributions you guys can give us in that regard is always appreciated. So um, kind of with that, uh, Sonny, you kind of hit on it a little bit there, but obviously LSU lands the, the big four or five star tackle uh, out of Neville, uh, Zalens Hurd. Um, just just, I guess, talk a little bit about, you know, how LSU really fared throughout his recruitment and just what what this kind of means for their class. Yeah, second edge protector in a row in the second straight class from uh, out of Neville. Of course, Will Campbell slated to start at left tackle on Saturday, and then Hurd coming in probably more of a uh, probably more of a right tackle type. If you if you look if you're putting him in the uh, I guess in the best spot on the offensive line, but uh, you know very he, he's athletic, a really heavy and heavy and strong defensive background for play, playing uh, so much a defensive line. And so he's really kind of uh, still kind of raw as far as playing the offensive line goes, but he's got the athleticism. He's got the feet. He's a mauler when he gets his hands on you and, uh, you know, has the measurables, legit six, five, six, five and a half over 300 pounds, but it's, it's a lean 300 pounds. It's not a, um, you know, he's not care. He's not carrying a lot of bad weight, you know, of, of course, coming in with Brian Kelly, Brian Kelly's going to try to get him down a little bit, to fit that, uh, you know, that more of that lean athletic offensive type, um, you know, offensive tackle type that he has and that he's, I guess, kind of bringing in on the roster. But uh, just a big pickup, a big pickup. Third offensive lineman joining Tyree Adams and joining Paul Mabinga out of Georgia. Um, you know, you still got DJ Chester out there. Wouldn't, you know, wouldn't discount uh, Purdue commit Ethan Fields out of Dutchtown. So you still got some offensive linemen out there on the board. But when you look at when you look at, um, you know, when you look inside the state of Louisiana and when you circle guys that, OK, this Brian Kelly and this staff really need to go out and they need to get this. These two guys, Tari Adams and, uh, and Herb were at the top of the list. Absolutely. I mean, I, I just come back to just how really interesting this story is. I mean, you could be talking about in two years having an all camp, uh, an all Neville uh, tackle as your bookends, you know, with Campbell. And with Heard there, I think that's just a really exciting kind of storyline for the future. And, um, you know, I, I kind of go back a little bit to what Coach Kelly even told us on Thursday that he likes to, you know, essentially, you know, 
kind of break the offensive linemen down so we could build them back up physically. You know, he likes the more athletic offensive linemen. He likes guys being a little bit underweight so he knows, you know, how to build up that athleticism with those guys. And I think that certainly fits kind of what Hurd's going to be able to do. Um, Dylan, just, I guess, quick thoughts on on Hurd. Anything that you got um, in terms of just how, what, what you think LSU's getting here? Yeah, I just think that it points, again, this is another step where people were freaking out about being able to recruit Louisiana. This is another one of those top guys, another one of those must-haves for the future of your class, and they were able to get in there and lock them down. Uh, so it's just another in- encouraging look to the future for LSU's recruiting. Uh, absolutely, I agree. Um, you know, I think we'll probably just you know cap it off right there with that um, with that talk. I know everybody wants to get into some LSU FSU talk here. Um, you know, Dylan and I are going to be on site in the Superdome on Sunday night. So we'll have all the coverage for you guys uh, that you could possibly want. Um, we'll be, we'll be there from very early start. I would imagine probably when the doors open around four or three, whenever that happens, but uh, kickoff is at six 30 uh, against the Seminoles. Um, you know, Dylan and I have kind of hopped on earlier this week and kind of given you our early impressions, but kind of as the week's gone on, we've you know really learned a little bit more about what LSU's going to want to do um, in terms of just rotations and who could be in and who could be out, that kind of deal. Um, just a few quick hitters that I thought you know we could run through. Um, we, we could start with the quarterbacks here. I, um, you know, team knows team knows who the quarterback is. Apparently, the team found out on Monday. And uh, Coach Kelly made a little joke with us yesterday that they've done a good job of keeping it from us. So uh, no social media posts on that. But um, certainly getting down to Jaden Daniels and Garrett Nussmeyer here. Just um, who I guess I'll just ask plainly, who do you guys think it's going to be? I mean, we can start with you, Sonny. Uh, I mean, I still think it's going to be Jaden Daniels. And I think the I think the telling stat and the key stat as to or a big reason why is one key stat, and that's 29 to zero. 29 starts for Jaden Daniels, zero for Garrett Nussmeyer. And so I think when you look at a situation like this coming into the first game, you're not – you're in your own backyard, but you're not in your home venue. So you still have some distractions that could come up with, you know, quote, unquote, being on the road, even though it's a neutral site game. So I think when you lump all of that in, I just think that Jaden Daniels gives them maybe a little bit more comfort level uh, to start the game. And – but – Something that I, I truly believe in is that if Garrett Nussmeyer gets a chance, and now it could be against Florida State, it could not be against Florida State, but when Garrett Nussmeyer gets a chance and he gets a chance to, to get out there and show what he can do, I think people are going to quickly realize why the quarterback battle was a lot closer uh, than it may have appeared to be when you look at the experience versus uh, Jaden Daniels' experience, the stats he's put up compared to Garrett Nussmeyer, the four games he played in last year is the livelier arm that Nussmeyer has. You know, they both give you something with their feet. Daniels has the edge, of course, with his feet. Nussmeyer has the edge with his arm. And so, uh, you know, I think ultimately the guy that lasts and that leads this team for the duration, for the majority of uh, 2022 is going to be the guy that makes the least amount of mistakes. The guy that gets them in the best situations, the one that doesn't turn the ball over, doesn't put the defense in bad situations, because I think the skill sets from each of them are pretty much tit for tat. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I mean, just uh, Dylan, what, what are your thoughts on this quarterback battle? I know you, we talked about it some earlier this week and you're just ready for it to be over. But just uh, <laughs> final thoughts, I guess, on, on who you think is going to get that draw that starting knot on Sunday. See, the longer it goes, 
I'm talking myself into thinking that it's going to be Nussmeier, but I feel like it has to be Jaden. Yeah. Um, just pretty much for every reason Sonny mentioned. Um, I, I, I think that the, the skill level from what we've seen in camp has been negligible to me. Like it is, it's, they're pretty much almost even in terms of like total skill talent. So I think to me, it just comes to who we've seen run the offense more and uh, more smoothly. And that's just been Jaden, in my opinion. I, I feel like he has looked more comfortable. And I, although they both in the past have had mistakes of turning the ball over, I think that Jaden probably gives you the better chance of uh, more mature decision-making decision uh, come game day. I, I agree. I, I do think it ultimately ends up being Daniels. I think we're all in, you know, kind of coordination there. Um, uh, just uh, I, I've been really impressed with the, improvement in accuracy that Jaden's made this fall. I think his short and intermediate accuracy has really improved. I think he was definitely hesitant, as you could see in the spring, of just really throwing the ball. I mean, he, we didn't see him throw the ball much at all in the spring, and he came back a, a much more confident quarterback. And I think that has a lot to do with the offseason work he had back in California with his quarterback's coach and then obviously coordinating with uh, Joe Sloan and the LSU crew here as well. So, yeah, I, I think we all all are in agreement there. I think Jaden Daniels gives you kind of that experience, that that value, that uh, mobility that you really want uh, for this opening week. But, um, yeah, I, I think there's some really interesting headlines, I think, heading into this one as well. Um, you know, it sounds like Malik Neighbors is going to play. Um, you know, touching on the cornerback rotation a little bit. Uh, Coach Kelly talked with us yesterday. Uh, sounds like Jared – uh, Bernard Converse is going to handle the the field side, um, you know, the, the, the to the to the field side, and then you're going to have Seven Banks and Makai Garner and Colby Richardson kind of rotating on the other uh, boundary corner spot. So, um, you know, just a couple of highlights there. Um, he also talked about the tight ends and the importance of the tight ends on Thursday, and how you know they've been really really impressed with Mason Taylor. He's been kind of the breakout freshman of all camp and uh I, I think you know LSU feels really good about throwing him out there for a significant amount of snaps so uh don't be surprised if you see a lot of 86 uh, on Sunday and kind of getting some short volume throws to him um just what maybe we can touch on a couple of things here but just to start off with what are a couple of things you guys are really going to be looking for uh we mentioned a couple of them in our five things piece on Wednesday but just I guess, Sonny and, and Dylan, what are a couple of things that you guys are really going to be keying in on and what you want to see out of this group on Sunday? We can start with yeah. Sonny. Yes. Yeah, I think it starts with, you know, I, I think it starts with you want to see a clean game. You don't want to see a ton of mistakes. You don't want to see, uh, you know, you don't want to see guys jumping off sides, hitting guys out of bounds, uh, that sort of thing. And you, you hope to see, you know, you hope to see the byproduct of what Brian Kelly has implemented since he came in, which is putting his system in place of checks and balances, keeping up with what everyone does. You know, he felt that that would allow that, that that would help and that would allow them to play more clean games, play cleaner games to make fewer mistakes. So you, you really want to kind of see that out of the gate because you don't want to see, you don't want to see the stupid penalties. You don't want to see the turnovers, the uh, you know, the drive killing penalties, things like that. That, that keep a game closer maybe than it should be. Um, you know, this is LSU. I don't care how many people Florida State's going to bring into the Superdome. This is basically going to be a home crowd for LSU. Um, you know, so they're going to have all of that. They're going to have all of that on its side. So if it can go out, if it cannot make those mistakes, 
get some drives going, get some points going early, get the crowd into it, you know, get the get the guy, get the players excited. Then I think it can start to kind of, you can see the game kind of start to shift the way it needs to start to shift to where, you know, once you start hitting in that, once you start hitting that third quarter coming out of halftime, you kind of start to see a little bit of separation. And, uh, you know, in order to do that, you're not going to, you know, you're going to have to capitalize on opportunities that you have, or you know, during that first half. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Dylan, um, I mean, we talked about it a little bit earlier this week, but just what, what are a couple of things I think you, you, you really want to kind of notice and kind of really recognize about this, this team, this, this, this Sunday. Well, I know the past two seasons that, uh, that LSU's come out of the gate looking sloppy, not ready. And this is a game where you're going to really have to buck that curve because of how they run their offense. It's, it's going to keep uh, the defenders on their edge. They're going to have to play a smart game with how many bluffs they use. They, they have a bunch of unique form, formations and they use their offensive linemen in, in different ways than you'd expect. So it's just going to, everyone's going to have to be on the top of their game. They're going to have to be ready prepared and uh and smart so i just want to see how this coaching staff prepares for the uh the, the attack of florida state um and and see if the coaching really is different this year because it's been sold uh as you know a revelation it's completely different they're so much better than they were like at the start of last year the last couple of years uh but i want to see that in action um I do think we see Mason Taylor early and often. If I had to, if I had to guess on what the first play would be, it would probably be, I think, a pass to Mason Taylor, <laughs> like for, right out the gate. Um, that's just how it seemed to like. Mike Denbrock likes to uh, start games passing the tight ends. Mike, uh, both Mike Denbrock and Brian Kelly, um, like that. We're gonna see. I don't know. I, just, I I'm ready to just find out what this team's gonna look like because uh, we haven't seen much. We we don't know how what they're outside of any like base formations we really don't know what what to expect so it's going to be interesting to to see how they use the talent that LSU has because this is by far I I don't even think it's hard to say the by far the most talented roster that any of these coaches have worked with to this point um so it's gonna be interesting to see how they use that talent yeah, I think that's that's definitely going to be interesting. I think you know I don't I don't see them opening up the entire playbook in terms of offense and defense. You know I think you you still kind of go into week one with maybe a little bit guarded, um, but you you obviously still have to 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 put your work in and and, and run what you think is going to work. But um, I'm going to be looking for a, for a couple different things. I think probably number one for me is just whoever does get that starting job just to play loose you know, at quarterback. I mean this thing has been so tight all off season, um, you know, and, and really anything that Kelly and these coaches and these players have said um, leads you to believe that it's going to be tight, you know, throughout the entire season. And I think the fact that they are opening, keeping the option open of playing both of these guys throughout the entire season, it's something that Kelly is very familiar with doing at his time at Notre Dame, you know, working with a couple quarterbacks throughout a season. Um, I, I want to, you, you want to make sure that the guy who does get the nod isn't looking over his shoulder uh, you know, for the entire game, if he misses a pass or if you know there's a turnover or if there's a, a couple of mistakes here and there, you know, you want to you want to make sure that that guy still has your confidence. And so uh, I think that's going to be one big thing I'm going to be looking for is just whether it's Daniels or if it's Nussmeyer, just for them to play loose, um, to, to really 
uh, you know, just operate the offense like they've been operating all fall because I don't feel like there's really a wrong way that LSU could go in terms of the starter on Sunday at quarterback. I think they've both been that impressive. So uh, just kind of stick to what you've been doing really the whole time, and that'll be uh, uh, something that I'll be looking out for. Um, I do think this is going to be a game that's going to be fought in the trenches. Um, I think you know, the, the strength for Florida State's defense is their defensive line. Um and the strength of Florida State's offense has been their running game and their offensive line kind of opening some holes um, with those three running backs that they like to use. Uh, they like to use a lot of multi-running back sets. Um, just uh, it's, it's going to be really important, I think, for LSU's front seven on defense to be communicating. That was something we talked with uh, B.J. Ojolari, with Mike Jones about. Um, uh, I, I think it's going to be really important also for LSU to establish its own run game. I mean, last year we saw – at times, LSU's offense became extremely one-dimensional when they didn't get the run game going, and uh, it's going to be really important for Noah Kane and Armani Goodwin uh, and Josh Williams with uh, Emory potentially not playing in this game uh, for those guys to really kind of establish themselves early, and I think it's going to be a big opportunity for those guys. But um, just kind of where do you guys – I guess we can start with Sonny here, but just where do you see – the matchups in terms of LSU and in terms of their favor? Do you think it's going to be really across the board that LSU has favorable matchups? Is there one particular position group you think LSU is going to have an advantage at? Just, just what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, the position groups that matter the most are the ones that you got to win and that's in the trenches. Yeah. Whoever, whoever wins, whoever wins the, whoever wins, whichever team's defensive line takes the other offensive line to the woodshed. And I think that one of them will. Uh, is going to come out on top because I think that's where it is. I think I think both I think the the LSU defensive line against the Florida State offensive line is a is a nice mismatch is a nice mismatch that really favors LSU and the Florida State defensive line against LSU's offensive line. I'm anxious to see how LSU's offensive line answers the bell because you got so many new pieces in there. You have so many new faces. Of course, they're not going to jail. They're not going to be playing with chemistry right now. So really with, with, with it being so new and so fresh across the front, you really just want to, if you leave this game saying, okay, you know what? They held their own. Then I think LSU, I think LSU will be in a good spot. Uh, you know, you just want to hold your own against a defensive line that is good like Florida state. And so, to me, those are two key areas that's going to determine the outcome. And, of course, you know, whichever quarterback makes the least amount of mistakes, um, you know, you can toss that in there too. But for me, it starts in the trenches and it ends in the trenches. Whichever one whichever one controls that is going to come out on top. Dylan, how about you? We've talked a lot about the receivers, a lot about the, the secondary this offseason. Is there any other matchups that you're going to be really looking at in terms of LSU and being polished and, and and looking like you know like they have really all fall any position that stands out yeah well just to first to bounce off of what Sonny was saying will campbell does not draw a great matchup well draws a tough matchup for his first collegiate game jared verse is a name you're going to hear a lot on uh, on sunday night he is a, a transfer from albany so he's never really you know played like the elite talent or like SEC talent, you know, but he is very, very talented, uh, very athletic, very fast. It's going to be an interesting matchup. I, I think he is a little bit different than any edge defender LSU has on this roster, um, just in terms of how, how he goes about things. So, Will Campbell's going to have to bring his A game uh, from the start 
so that's one gonna I'm gonna be watching that very very co- closely. But outside of that, um, LSU really does have uh, a huge huge advantage from uh, wide receiver to cornerback. Um, and uh, I, I do want to say Jamie Robinson uh, the out of Florida State is likely to be the best player in the secondary on the field at all that night for both teams. They probably have the best secondary player, but that is just one safety uh, outside of him. I think LSU has, has an advantage that they have to take, take care of. Like we, you, you, you want to, so we want to see them like set the run game up, but with how, with Keishon Booty, with Malik neighbors, with Jack Besh, uh, with Dre Jenkins, even like you want to use that to the best that you can. Um, and you're going to need the wide receivers to step up because uh, Florida State's going to be really aggressive on the, on the defensive line. And obviously the offensive line has to stand up. Uh, but the other position group I'm watching is how LSU's running backs fare against the Florida State D-line. The Florida State D-line, I think, is where the game could be won and lost because they have uh, a huge uh, a huge opportunity to get to LSU's quarterback, whoever it may be, and to shut down the run game with their linebackers. Um, uh, yeah, really, the front seven is where this game is won and lost, but LSU has to take advantage of the mismatch between our, uh, uh, the wide receivers and their cornerbacks. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would agree probably with all that stuff. I, I do. I think we should probably also touch maybe just on Jordan Travis a little bit, the FSU quarterback. Um, Coach Kelly has mentioned him a number of times throughout his interview sessions this year, this week. Um, he's been very impressed with how Travis has been uh, a little bit more, I guess, uh, improved as a as a as a passer. Um, and and obviously, he's somebody that you have to really key in on with his mobility as well. And he's very much in that kind of Jaden Daniels mold, maybe not quite the athlete that Jaden is, but he's pretty close and he can really scramble and really create some opportunities downfield uh, with his legs. So LSU is going to have to communicate in that front seven. They're going to have to make sure that they're getting a a nice balance of pressure and, 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 and some, some really solid coverage from their secondary to, to really keep this FSU offense off of, off its kilter. Um, you know, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how they, they, they stop the run game. That was something that LSU did very well last year, and they pretty much returned uh, their, their entire front four there in terms of stopping the run. So, um, you know, I think – and we've heard a lot also about the improvements that Makai Wingo has made in that department and, and as, a, as a potential run stuffer uh, in the middle of that D-line. So uh, it's, going to be, it's going to be very interesting to see how this LSU defense holds up against FSU's offense. I think – there are some advantages up front for LSU on the defensive line. But, um, yeah, I think we're going to – at the end of the day, I think we're all just ready to get to game day. I think we've been talking about these now for, for several weeks. We've been talking about these position battles, and and now you just really want to see kind of what this team looks like. And, and I think we're all really excited to see that on Sunday. But um, yeah, I guess we'll just close it off with our predictions here. Um, I guess I can start it off and then hand it off to Sonny and Dylan. But um, I, I kind of had this as an LSU four-point game. I think LSU gets out of there with a 31-27 win. That's kind of my my early thoughts on, on, on what I think the game kind of comes down to. I think, you know, offensively, LSU just has so much talent uh, with their skills position players uh, and, and the way that Jaden Daniels and, and Garrett Nussmeyer have both looked. 
Uh, I think the LSU offense is going to it would be it would be surprising to me if LSU's offense doesn't have some consistency in pushing the ball down the field and getting into the end zone. I think we've seen a lot of improvements uh, throughout the offseason and throughout fall uh, in that respect. I think, you know, defensively, when you have such a brand new secondary, when you have so many new faces out there, they're going to be starting in the back half. I think that could lead to a couple of, you know, mistakes here and there, and that could lead to some big plays for Florida State throughout the game, uh, setting them up into some, 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 you know, advantageous positions. So um, I do think, you know, the second, the, you know, the defense could be a, a kind of a work in progress, which is something you would probably expect with so many new players coming in and just getting that communication down. Uh, I think one of the things that, you know, we kind of noticed throughout, you know, the fall was um, just how, you know, how, how great camps that Noah Kane and Armani Goodwin had as running backs. And I think a lot of that had to do with some of the, um, you know, the holes that opened up in the middle of the defense. And so that's going to be something that LSU's front seven is really going to have to key in on with Florida State. And uh, I, I do think LSU, though, ultimately gets this thing done and gets gets out of there, gets out of the Superdome with the home win. Um, you know, Sonny, what, what are your thoughts on the on the prediction? What do you think happens? Well, you got to – you touched on Jordan Travis and LSU can't let his uh, – LSU can't let him beat, a, beat them with his legs. He's got, you know, roughly over 1,400 yards rushing throughout his career, you know, a little bit over 2,800 passing. I think his touchdowns are 22 passing, 18 rushing. So, you know, he if he's not running the football, if he's not having success running the football, I don't think he beats you with just his arm, mm -hmm. not in this game right here. And so containing him is going to be key. Some of that's a lot of that's going to fall on the, uh, you know, one is whoever the spy is, but also LSU's linebackers are going to have to keep containment and have to not leave big alleys and big lanes open in the middle of the field. But ultimately, I think it comes down to, uh, you know, I think it comes down to the trench play, like I'd said before. And I think that LSU, this offense that LSU has, yes, you want to get the ball to the playmakers to the receivers. But I think in order to do that, you got to establish the run and you have to use that physical offensive line, that one that wants to play with the nasty disposition. You want to come out, you want to flex those muscles early. You want to punch them in the mouth. And if LSU can do that, then I think this could be a game that is, that is similar to that one in 2018 with Miami that ended 33, 17. Um, you know, I have a few. I have a little bit of a hesitation in this in the offense scoring that much, simply because I think it's going to take a little bit of time for that offensive line and for everybody to kind of get on the same page. Um, I'm looking at this initially. I'd had this. Uh, you know, I'd had this looking like I said, like that 2018 game after watching FSU and Duquesne. I kind of changed that a little bit in my uh, prediction with uh, Knowles 247. I put 2416. So I guess I'll stick with that. But I feel more comfortable about twenty-seven twenty. All right, Dylan, so take the points. Take yeah. the points. Do what I'm going to do. Take those eight free bets with DraftKings and put them all on LSU to cover. I think LSU is minus three right now, so I think Sonny and I both have them to cover that. So yeah, minus three. Dylan, what's what's your thoughts? Um, so I've gone I've gone back and forth. Uh, I I think this is going to be a very close game. I'm still taking LSU with the points. Um, I just, I've, I've, I don't know. I, I feel like this game could be a game where you watch all night and it's close and there's not a lot happening. But then you look in the in the final scores, like, oh, well, this is higher than I thought it was. Maybe like 
just broken plays at, at certain points, I feel like is an inevitability on both sides. Um, some big, some big plays. Uh, we're going to need to see more chunk plays than we've seen in practice. Um, but I, I think when it all comes down to it, I think I'm going to go 28-24 LSU. All right. I, I think I, I I don't think that we're going to get an LSU made field goal. As I say, I, I think that we, we might see uh, see a time where LSU misses. I think I think LSU missed field goal coming. That's what that's my that's my okay. thing. I feel like that's where I've been trying to. So they get out there and they attempt it, but it doesn't go through the uprights. Okay. I think so. All right. Well, um, I think that's pretty much it for us today. Um, I think, folks, you know, we're, we're about 48 hours from, from kickoff here. It's going to be uh, a lot of fun. Um, we'll, we'll certainly have you covered throughout the day on Sunday and into the weekend as well. We'll have a bunch of stuff. Uh, getting you guys ready for the preview and, and, and this kickoff on at 6.30 on Sunday from the Superdome. Uh, with that, I'm Glenn West here with Sonny and Dylan. Uh, we'll see you guys next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I appreciate it. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.